Right. That's a project for the weekend. Prime Day, here we come. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But uh, but we're not talking Prime. We are talking Prime Day. Maybe there's some Alexa devices in, in the sale. I was going to say Google devices as well, but I don't know whether Amazon will be trying to push Google's wares. Uh, on no, the, I don't think they. I don't think they sell any of the Google devices. I don't think. But yeah, do. the Alexa devices are on sale, especially they, in the US. Ones? I know there's some big ones. Yeah, none of the new ones. I don't think. And I'm still waiting for the new show, uh, which is not. Uh, which is not out yet. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see how much of an impact having a rotating screen on it has. Um, but I'm also looking forward to things like Netflix and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Is Netflix yeah. going to come onto the old show, do you know? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I'll watch Netflix on it, but but certainly, you know, with Artie, you're probably going to, to put that on there, right? 100%. Yeah. That's all he does. That's all he uses it for. I put a video yeah, up the yeah, other day, yeah. which is like... Um, basically saying that... Because we've had conversations a lot in the past about, you know, devices that displace other devices, like mm. smart speakers that displace radios, and maybe yeah. smart speakers that take away from a bit of mobile usage, and smart displays that maybe start doing that. And I think, uh, I do think that the those smart displays, the Echo Shows and the Home Hubs, will displace the kitchen TVs, because they have, for me, yeah. you know, RT, oh, yeah, yeah. that's all RT watches, is the Echo oh. Show, the Echo Show 2, and Prime Video, and the more kind of viewing options that are on there, Aside from yeah. Prime Video, because Prime Video is actually not fantastic. Really? Um, and France is fantastic. It's, it's, it's right. much it's, better than Netflix. Really? Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't have said it's better than Netflix over here. It's not bad, but it's not it's not ideal. You've got a lot of garbage on there, but you've got some good stuff. Like, you've got Seinfeld on there, like, uh, things like that. Really? Yeah, you got Seinfeld, and you can also subscribe to like those special like channels that they have. So you can get like oh, Band yeah. of Brothers, you can get The Wire, you can get stuff that you're definitely not going to get on Netflix. But don't you so, have to pay yeah. more for those channels? You do. Yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. But you'll find out that all of these independent cartoons and kids programs that are on yeah. there are uh, freakishly addictive for two-year-olds. And so it oh, used yeah. to be like Peppa Pig and Bing and yeah. all this stuff, yeah, whereas yeah. now he wants to watch Leo the Truck and uh, okay. Dumps, Trucks and Diggers, Colour Learning Fun. If anyone oh, wow. is out there that knows what I'm talking about, then we are living sad lives together. And, and, and you can't get the songs out of your head. You just cannot get the songs out of your head, and they're not very well. Right. well they're not very well made. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> that's that's all to come, Dustin, very shortly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and something else to come. I mean, there's been a hell of a lot going on lately. I mean, we can talk about the Alexa devices we've hinted to, the, some of the kind of like functionality that was rolled out. We can look at, you know, Google Developer Day that happened yeah. last week. What was your what was your we've got, well, what was your favorite part of the Google Developer Day? Finding out that it happened after it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's I, called? I We're it. so busy that we miss out on. Uh, I'll, I'll say the same thing about the voice talks. Actually, the the project voice. This is it just passed me by entirely this year. I haven't uh, seen any. Uh, the voice summit. Mm. Uh, is that, yeah, uh, yeah. That's another. That, I mean, that is part of voice summit, wasn't it? Like. Was I was it? just like, oh, is is voice summit going on right now? I guess it is. <laughs> it's hard. It's. I think what's happened is that there's been so many events, 
Um, you know, you had the Microsoft event that happened a couple of weeks back where they mm. announced that kind of like Twilio rival or it looks to be a Twilio kind of rival. Mm. You had um, Google Developer Day. We've had an Amazon Day. And then every week there's different events and different sort of virtual conferences and all this kind yeah. of stuff. It just gets hard to follow what's going on, doesn't it? Especially when you've obviously... And webinars. I, I saw someone online say that people are webinared out and I, I yeah. definitely think that's true. I think so. And that's why we've decided to do this one audio only. This is a little treat, a little yeah. exclusive treat for those uh, for those podcast folks. Uh, not on LinkedIn, not on YouTube. So this is a nice intimate conversation between the two of us, Dustin. Yeah, this is a good. It's uh, we always say we should do more rundowns, and then we then we don't. But uh, this definitely reminds me of why why those are enjoyable. Exactly, I agree. I agree. A quick one. My favorite part of the developer day <laughs> was wider support for for Google app actions. Mm. I know that Amazon released similar functionality, the Alexa for apps kind of functionality. Um, problem with that though is that. I don't know how many people use Alexa in the app and I'm not 100% sure kind of how used that will be and what the kind of draw for people to implement that is. But Google app actions and wider support for that, you know, Nike have released something which is a bit novel, which uh, you can ask Google yeah. to lace up your trainers. And it'll, if you've got the SB, uh, Nike mm. SB dunks or whatever they are, it'll link into the app trigger the lacing and then it'll lace your trainers and eBay have released something that lets you ask Google Assistant for you know searching for specific products or um, you know those kind of things oh Google's going on triggered in the background amateur mistake there. I didn't put it on mute so yeah so uh, so I think I think that's good and and implementing it is fairly straightforward as well it's just one actions xml file is in, really? within which you just include the the kind of deep links to the various pages with the intents yeah. and i think some sample utterances that kind of go along with it and you're pretty much kind of at the races basically so it's a really nice. easy way of getting app functionality surface through google assistant so that was my that was my highlight yeah i have to check that out for sure on the the alexa side maybe not on the phone but certainly stuff like echo buds i think people are going to use it quite a bit yeah 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 definitely yeah yeah i can see that um and yeah so so that's kind of the amazon the google the the microsoft thing was interesting but maybe we'll, that's quite a large topic so maybe we'll come back to that if we've got mm -hmm. some time uh excuse me towards the end winston's bothering me he wants to he wants to jump up it's the thing about doing this now you see we've got we've got like a little studio here where i'm supposed to be the professional and stuff and then winston's just making this his home i don't know if you can hear him on the mic <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah in other developments uh algolia have a pretty interesting uh release or product coming out very very yeah. soon do you want to tell us a bit about what that's all about what you've been spending yeah. a large chunk of your life doing over the last couple of months uh, yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's a lot of us it's a big team that's been working on it um and I'm just really focused just on a part of it. It's uh, our fall release, which is all around artificial intelligence. So there's a number of products that we're announcing uh, that are really exciting. And I thought it would be useful to talk about some of those because I'm uh, very proud of what uh, the team did. But also, I think specifically for voice and conversational uh, builders, the people who are listening to this, want you to hear it directly from us as well, because there's a lot of things that you can take away here. And even if you don't use Algolia, some of the things that we're building here are things that you'll want to build into your skill or build into your chatbot or, or whatever. It may just take you extra work to do, or, you know, you might do it on a, in a low rent kind of way. So that it might be useful, Kane, to talk about some of these things that we 
builds to some of the things that we're releasing and also talk about where we have done that in the past or where we would have done it in the past if we could have done it. Mm, nice. Sounds good. So um, for those that don't know, uh, Algolia is essentially, how would you describe it? Enterprise search functionality? Not, is that not, what not quite. So we call it search and discovery platform. Uh, another thing that I say is you have used us even if you don't know you've used us. I think the latest numbers is greater than 7,000 customers. So if you've ever been on a website to shop or read news or uh, search for video, good chances that one of those websites, if not many, um, use our service because we're powering the search inside their apps, inside their websites, inside their skills, what have you. Uh, we have a lot of customers who are using us for voice as well. And it's interesting because when I first started, when I first moved into this role focused just on voice and natural language, I would speak with people in the community and they would say, well, you know, why would I need search inside of it? And what I would say is you don't if you want a really simple skill. Right? Like if you want a skill that just does one or two things, that's fine. Right? But if you want something where people are trying to find information, then search is, is almost a must. Right? Okay, we worked mm. on a food ordering app once, right? Mm. And uh, they might have only had 12, 12 items. But still, there's so many different ways for them to ask for those items. Uh, they might have asked for a burger. They might have asked for a hamburger. They might have asked for... Um, with cheese, yeah, without so, cheese, all the, all the variants cheese. of the of the items themselves. Exactly, uh, something meaty, right? Like something you may not have even thought of before. Something and yeah, you full can of do cheese. Your... Usually, that's what I'm asking for. Give me a burger <laughs> exactly. with loads of cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me give me cheese with a burger, essentially. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, you can work work through that through the NLU for sure. But once you start to expand beyond that, or even you know, the example that I give is maybe you're building something for. Um, for baseball, right? You can say the Chicago White Sox. You can say the White Sox. You can say the Sox, which also there's a Boston Red Sox as well. So how do you know which which you want? You can say the, I think the White Sox are the Southsiders. Uh, you can say all these different things and your NLU is probably not going to handle it or you're going to just spend a ton of time making sure that your NLU is handling it. So I really feel like in a conversational setting, search can be incredibly powerful to, to uh, give superpowers to your skill. And then even in something like a chatbot, we have a lot of customers who, who use it one step further because we have uh, customers who they're using something like Dialogflow and 20%, 30%, sometimes more of their requests aren't matched by Dialogflow because people are asking things that have never been asked before. And so they'll fall back to Algolia and they'll go, oh, hey, we don't understand, but let's look through our knowledge base or let's look through our product catalog and let's see if we can find you something that's, that you want. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's in a nutshell what Algolia is. We do search and discovery wherever you need that. Hmm. I remember you saying before about yeah. I can't remember. We were working on a project before, and essentially it was I can't I can't remember the exact words you said, but it was something like most most voice problems are search problems, and that's kind of always resonated with me that because all what you're trying to do is figure out what someone said and what they're trying to get out of you, 
and then ultimately you do need to go away and, and figure out how you respond to that and so the, even if I think your example you gave before was even if you're asking to play music there is a search involved in that because you yeah. need to figure out what song it is you need to figure out what artist it is you need to find the right thing to research, uh-huh. to return and the same could be said if you are working more on the kind of enterprise side and someone says you know I need to go and how, how do I reset my password you, that 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 content exists somewhere, yeah, yeah. and so you need to go and figure out where it is and and how to best present that back. And so, I can see the logic there, and I can see how uh, you know a lot of voice um, issue. Not issues is the wrong word, yeah. but a lot of voice transactions, if you like, or voice yeah, interactions, yeah. are search interactions, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I can give you another example, which is, uh, they're called WW now. Everyone knows them as Weight Watchers. They have a skill and an action, which actually won a Webby called uh, Wello. And it's all about food tracking, right? And so food tracking doesn't seem... (laughs) <laughs> I, I've, I've been tracking food for, for years and yeah, I would love to do it through voice. And uh, it doesn't seem like a search problem because you're like putting in information. But again, if I say hamburger, what am I looking for? I, I'm looking for maybe a hamburger or maybe I'm looking for the ultimate cheeseburger uh, from Jack in the Box, right? That's a search problem. Is It's trying to match up what you're trying to put in with, in WW's case, the number of points. So it, absolutely a search problem and so some of the things that we are announcing here or really everything we're announcing here is trying to help the search and discovery problem the first thing that i'm really excited about my team has been working on uh, my colleagues and i have been working on uh, for a while now is what we're calling algolia answers and so this is semantic search. This combines the traditional Algolia search, which is textually based, but also pulls in things like uh, synonyms and personalization and, and business metrics. And it combines it with semantic understanding. Uh, a lot of technology, but it also includes the new technology from OpenAI. Uh, we talked about this uh, before, and I know a lot of people in the space have, have talked about it as well. And it's just, it's just been so powerful. Um, I actually saw, who was it? I'm trying to remember, uh, my apologies to who actually wrote this, but it was on VoiceBot. Someone wrote about OpenAI mm-hmm. and said that it's essentially a gimmick. And I, I gotta be honest, I can't disagree more. <laughs> uh, so we, <laughs> we were very lucky. We've been working with OpenAI on this for, or we've been working on, with this OpenAI technology for quite a while now. And it never ceases to amaze me. Um, I, I will laugh sometimes, like literally like giggle at some of the results that I get. So to give uh, everyone an example. This is the NLG just, as well, is it? Or is this the so NLU? So we are not using the natural language generation. A lot of times when people talk about open AI and what they have out there, they talk about the natural language generation, which again, super powerful, not something we're doing. We're using it more for the semantic understanding. So, for example, uh, OpenAI and these other technologies that we're using know that Star Wars is a movie from the 70s. It's sci-fi. It has something to do with Han Solo and and Leia and Luke and all of this. It knows that information because it was trained on trillions and trillions of pieces of information. And so what we can do is we can combine that with our customer search and you can ask a question. So for example, we put together a proof of concept using Ted talks 
And so you were searching on transcripts and titles and descriptions. And you could search for something like, what do you call someone who built buildings? And it will tell you inside that talk. So it may have been 15 minutes in the talk, may not be in the description or in the title, uh, an architect, uh, you know, builds buildings, knows how to build buildings. Or another query was, uh, when do babies start learning? And so if you do a traditional textual search, you're going to get back a lot of results about um, babies or learning because that's the textual information that you're getting back. But when you're able to apply the semantic understanding, the first result was, uh, I think what it was, pop quiz, when do babies, uh, uh, when do babies start gathering information? Answer in the womb. Right. So it understood gathering information and learn are, are really the same thing. And we're asking when for something. The results have just been amazing. We first did a test over 2.1, 2.1 million articles. And it was able to find answers for very tough questions that we could rate either perfect or good uh, 95% of the time. Wow. And in, in another test, we were able to improve the quality of results for 90% of questions and the other 10% stay the same. So uh, really just across the board, you can ask these questions and the results you get back will always surprise you because you're just like, how did I find that? <laughs> I really was trying to break it and, and it still was able to find it. And it doesn't sound as though this is based on intents. No, no, not at all. It really is based on the semantic understanding. Uh, the nice thing about this is there's no machine learning uh, training necessary. So you have your data. And if we're, Algolia is a hosted search engine, you load your data into Algolia. Within 10 seconds, you're able to start using this service. Wow. So, you, there's, yeah, so no, it does, there's no utterances, there's no slots, there's no synonyms, there's no, 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 no. nothing like that. Yeah. No, no, no. You you can immediately start asking it. Um, uh, you can immediately start asking it, what's your return policy? Or, uh, you know, how much storage is in a Galaxy S10 phone? And so long as you have that data somewhere in your in your index of documents, we'll be able to find that information. So this is all about really just finding answers deep within content, whether they're news articles or transcripts or their help desk. I think this could be really useful for voice because you could have that content and either you can return the answer directly or you could have some, you know, pre-formulated uh, response that you have. So it, it helps you find that information a lot faster. Mm. You know, we've worked uh, again for something like recipes, right? And this might be something where we could load that in and somebody could ask for a spicy recipe and we could return something with jalapenos in it, not because it says spicy, but because it knows jalapenos are spicy. Mm. And you can also weave in, I mean, the, the potential for a conversational experience it like it amplifies because you're not having to kind of as long as you've got the content as you say and the mm -hmm. data you're not having to then like 
preempt what someone might say at which point and then almost design that kind of tree to say well at this point what happens yeah. if they ask this or what happens if they ask that it's almost like a fluid way of being able to say yeah. when someone gets to this recipe I know the recipe is the easiest example to start with but you can think of any sure. other use case um, and obviously resilient given the work we've been doing on it but when you get to a certain recipe you could say oh tell me you know, how, how do I cook the perfect steak or how do I know mm. wh- wh- which when my steak's ready to cook or wh- whatever those like mm. supplementary questions are that you have around the items rather than need to plan out what all of those questions are and then dictate what an answer should be to each one of them you can just essentially send that off to to that search function semantic search and pull back an answer does away with a whole load of work yeah, this is the kind of technology, precisely the kind of technology where today, if you ask, you know, your Echo device, you ask Google a question and it doesn't route to a skill, it doesn't route to an action, right? It comes back with an answer. Like you say, how tall is Taylor Swift, for example? Mm. And it comes back with that answer. This is that exact same technology. Or when you mm. search on google.com, how long can I leave chicken out of the fridge? And it comes back with that answer same kind of technology but we're bringing it to companies that aren't microsoft and google Mm. it's interesting that because those are kind of the hard the hard things to do isn't it it's like facts are facts Mm -hmm. and you can get facts from anywhere you know Uh, if you ask google or you know there's knowledge graphs out there that will tell you when prince william's birthday is and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff because they don't move then there are like transactions which I still think intense are probably maybe the best way of approaching the transaction because you, you need to get certain information and then integrate that with a line of business system and there's a very specific job that needs to be done there. But in that kind of middle area where it's not necessarily transactional, it's not necessarily fact-based, although it could be, but there is a little bit of kind of debate about you know that question that question how yeah, long yeah. Should, how long how long does it take to defrost chicken there's not necessarily a hard there probably there might be a hard answer to that but different people have different methodologies some people might put it in water some people just leave it there you know yeah. and so I think that would you say that that's kind of where this tool can kind of add most value is in trying to extract an answer from those areas where there isn't necessarily a hard and fast answer for it. Possibly, but I think fact-based works quite well also and just retrieving information. Where it's really providing a lot of value, though, is it's working on on each individual customer's data. So let's say, for example, I'm trying to think of someone who's not a customer of ours. Um, let's say, or actually, yeah, I'm trying to think of, uh, let's say... I don't know. We have so many customers at this point. It's it's a little hard to <laughs> actually find one who's not. But let's you know, say, let's say B and Q, right? I've been looking at B and Q really. Block and Quill. It's like a hardware shop in uh, in the UK. It's a bit like uh, okay. probably Home Depot. Home Depot. Probably. Yeah, Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny you mention Home Depot because if anyone's listening from Home Depot, Home Depot is actually my dream customer <laughs> because my dream. I don't know if it's the same thing. Um, I don't know how big the stores are there, but it's similar to what we talked about with Mars agency where you go in and you don't know where to go Mm. and find things. So I would love for home Depot to like have voice search where you can walk in and say like, you know, where are the screws or something like that? Never talk to anyone, but yeah, absolutely. So let's say that they have a section on their websites that is all health, all how to information, right? They're trying to get their SEO. They're trying to get all Mm. that. And you ask them, how do I, um, 
how do I paint an ombre wall? Right. You're not going out to, to the mass of the internet to do that. Um, you go to just their content and it goes, Oh, to do an ombre wall, you need to have, uh, six different types of paints or whatever. Or you might ask, um, uh, how, how do many... I, how do I fit a skirting board? That's my, yeah, that's, that's, my a, that's like a, that's my latest yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's a how, but you can also ask like what questions like, uh, um, you know, what is the, what is the right tool to use to install a window or like, a yeah, what's, what does a double glazed mean, for mm, example, mm. right? And you can come back with just the answer. So, so incredibly powerful. I think um, it's, it's the kind of thing where once you see it, you go, oh, wow, like this, mm. this is something that I've never imagined that outside of Google my company could really do mm. or my voice app could really do as well. Mm. But you did, you didn't mention earlier intents and utterances and all that. I, I, I agree with you. There's still a place for that. Right. Um, especially if you want actions and you want to, uh, you're not searching on content, but you're wanting to actually do something. And so that's why we're also announcing an NLU service as well. Uh, we call it Algolia understand, uh, the real benefits in our mind are it ties in really well with your search. So again, let's talk about recipes, right? If you wanted, uh, if you wanted, I want a hamburger with uh, two with Gouda and Swiss. Uh, hamburgers are a little easy to make, but I want a casserole with uh, beef and cheese and pasta that's under 700 calories that can be done in 30 minutes and can feed 10 people. Uh, that's the kind of thing that RNLU can do and we can tie it into your search engine as well. So things like comparing numbers, uh, matching multiple uh, entities as well. It was really exciting to see Amazon announce that you could match on multiple entities mm -hmm. at once now, uh, because it's something that we actually started working on because people weren't doing it at the time. Mm. Um, and so you can ask for a Tom Hanks or a, or a Colin Hanks movie, right? You want mm. anyone in the, the Hanks family. Mm. So that's something that we're announcing as well. It wouldn't be, I don't think in most cases it would be a replacement for uh, what you're doing on the voice devices uh, because use dialogue flow, use what you're getting from Amazon, but certainly in a chat or even in mobile apps as well. I think there's a lot of opportunities for navigating through voice and mobile applications that uh, people aren't doing today because maybe it's a little too hard. Mm, I definitely think that the... It's a bit like I mean, if I was if I was to plan if I was to plot the future that direction that I would see websites heading towards, mm -hmm. they tend to follow Google in some respect, don't they? When it comes, I mean, the reason one of the reasons I imagine why websites ended up investing heavily in search was just because of the experience that people have when they search on Google, you know, mm -hmm. and and that experience, the expectation of getting the right result when you search for something, is then transposed to every other website that you interact with. It's the same thing as Amazon's purchasing yeah, journey, yeah. you know. Once you've bought something on Amazon with one click, it's so simple and straightforward. Checking out on your kind of local florist website is an absolute nightmare because it just doesn't right, match yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's one of the ways I think that those two companies and others are redefining what it's like to engage with companies because once yeah. you can engage with those companies with your voice the expectation then translates to others that we should be able to do that with you as well because if I can talk to Google I can talk to Amazon why can't I talk to you um, and so 
if you look at Google and you know, I think we might have even been the beginning of this year or the end of last year when they were saying and, and announcing that Google um, Assistant is going to be available in or replacing voice search in Chrome browsers. Yeah. And you know, I think we had a rundown about it. And one of the things we were saying there is that that is that's only one step away from replacing the entire Google search experience with yeah. Google Assistant. You know, and then the search results, the ten, the ten kind of blue links, the famous kind of blue links, then disappear, and the search phrase is either an answer that's returned, as it would be on Google Assistant, or an introduction to another third party that might be able to serve your query a bit better, like a like a conversational action, for example, or yeah. something similar. And so, it's not kind of you wouldn't have if that's the direction you wouldn't kind of it doesn't take too much of a stretch of the imagination to think about where websites in general will be heading you know you see most government websites now they tend to have lots of content you know very difficult to navigate you go to any homepage of a government website and the first thing you see is a search box because mm. it's moving in that direction and more people are searching with natural language anyway because more people, are, yeah. you know, they know what they want and they're just kind of trying to get hold of it. And so I can definitely see how that NLU, maybe even f- the NLU behind the search, but even maybe fusing that search box with mm. some kind of conversational, interactive kind of chat experience is definitely, definitely the way to go, I think. Yeah, I mean, we have customers who our search works for them really well, but they have to push people away from search because uh, they have, uh, we have one customer, for example, where they are searching through videos and there are 40 different options of things for you to choose from. Um, So you can choose, uh, let's say color, right? You can choose, or like, let's think about movies, right? Let's say IMDB, right? think of all the different ways you can slice movies. Mm. I want a movie from this year with this actor and this genre with this running time um, from this studio. Like you can really slice it in a lot of different ways. Mm. And that's not the easiest thing to do with existing search, but through natural language, it is. You can just say exactly what you want. Like, just like, in the old days of say like blockbuster, you could go up and you could say, you know, I'm looking for a horror movie that um, is still okay for a kid, uh, for a teenager that is around 90 minutes long. And they Mm. may not have the answer, but they at least understand what you're looking for. Mm. So, so definitely agree with you. And yeah, the importance of having good search on your website, because like you said, uh, Google, maybe assistant takes over. And I read that, Last year in 2019, Wikipedia lost 3 billion visits from Google because of that top box, that box that answers the question because people don't need to click through on Wikipedia anymore. They found the answer that they're looking for right away. Mm. So if you have to go to Google to search um, the government website, you may not end up on the government website. You may end up somewhere else uh, or you know, for e-commerce, right? If you go there, you may end up on a competitor's website. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely important to have that in there. It's interesting that because um, I remember when the government launched gov.uk and that was kind of like part of their aim was to surface in them kind of smart answers to prevent people from having to go to the site. Because from their perspective, it was like, as long as you get your information, then we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's obviously different when you're a government organization, when your aim is to communicate genuinely, however mm-hmm. your user is kind of trying to find you. Whereas once it gets to the the kind of commercial side of things, 
you then yeah wikipedia's losing traffic there was a whole load of uh websites that are in huge danger now like uh yeah. you know like the, the even from like the the lyrics based websites that used yeah, to rely exactly. on advertising yeah. they're now having real trouble and and if the same is true of of any kind of information based sort of site what what yeah. like that's probably a, a challenge that is further up the funnel which is round around kind of acquisition and mm-hmm. so is there anything within this and i know this wasn't supposed to be an interview so i don't know why we're turning this into a big <laughs> q&a but i'm just curious now um is there anything within this that might help discover this stuff you know discover content discover functionality help people get stuff done outside of those properties like is there a possibility to surface this in other channels other avenues and, and other areas or does it need to be on a website search for example you've referenced skills and so like that so i'm assuming it could be put in many different places yeah, so it's going to be put anywhere that you own. So website, mobile app, skill, really anything that you own. Um, kiosk, maybe. You know, I, I would love to power some kiosk. Uh, we're moving in store a little bit as well with some customers. So those kind of things, yeah, absolutely. We do have one thing that we're announcing, which I, I also want to come back to the applicability on voice, but you're talking about discoverability. We have something uh, called synonym suggestions. So dynamic synonym suggestions. And the idea here is people search for things in different ways. They do this textually, but I believe they do it all the more so in voice as well. Hmm. So we were talking, what were we talking about earlier? Um, you you had made an edit and, and you to a script we were working on and you had added the UK version. And I said, oh, no, no, really in the US. Length, lengthways uh, and lengthwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said lengthways, and I was like, uh, I'm not sure I've ever heard that. In the U.S., it's lengthwise. Or earlier, we were talking about ground beef versus mince meats yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So those are, those are synonyms. Those are essentially the same thing. And so we have this functionality now where we can say <laughs> people are searching for ground beef, and they're also searching for mince meat. They're interacting on things the same way. Those are probably the same things. You should go ahead and add that in your search index, but you can also use that inside your content as well. You can use that as an SEO tool. So you can say, oh, our H1s or, or whatever SEO does nowadays should have both ground beef and mincemeat in it. Mm. Interesting. That's good. So, yeah, so it's sort of like, I guess... Uh, I'll turn it around to you. I will, I'll interview you now, right? How would you do this in a in a voice application? Let's say you weren't going with something like Algolia that mm. uh, gives you those synonyms automatically. We know how important those are when you're mm. creating the interaction model. How do you go about it or how would you go about that today? Well, it depends on, on it depends on the intent and the slot and what have you. But I mean, it's either just racking your brain, thinking of loads of different ways, loads of different things that mean the same thing, testing, you know, mm-hmm. getting out to people, getting out back to the client, getting it to in front of as many people as you can to get their feedback on what they would say. And then in cases, I've actually Googled stuff. And so, mm-hmm. you know, especially when working on uh, something like... Uh, voice flow you know if you're doing prototyping on voice flow and you want to do some testing in the browser because there's no nlu in there yet i hope to say yet because i hope there will be soon um but because there's no nlu in there you need to be really really specific 
And so, yeah. you know, I've even Googled stuff just to find, you know, different synonyms for different things just to populate the kind of slot values with as many different things as possible. But it's, it's all, long story short, is it's all manual labour. It's either, you yeah. know, your time of Googling and fiddling out and racking your brains or it's other people's time of them testing it and then feeding back into it. But it's, it's all a manual process, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you can also look at your analytics as well and you can see what people mm. are searching. But especially when you get on a larger scale, we've got customers who are doing millions upon millions of searches a day, right? There's no way for them to be able to go through all those analytics. No. Uh, and also as well, right, things change, right? Um, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars game came out recently, right? Uh, if you're not familiar, it includes three older Mario games, uh, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario 64. If that is, if you're a Walmart or a Target, you may not have synonyms built in for Super Mario 64, Super Mario 3D, Super Mario Odyssey. And they may be in the description or whatever, but they won't be as synonyms. Uh, so you wouldn't be able to, you just couldn't keep up, right? Mm. Because you're adding products, you, uh, you're you adding products where people might be asking for things in new ways as well. So uh, that automation really helps a lot. But yeah, I, I think you got it right. It's a lot of research mm. uh, if you want to do it manually. But you, you really do have to do that because you know that people are going to be asking for things in so many different ways. Mm, yeah, I'd scale, I'd scale onto it, and it becomes incredibly difficult on it. You know, with retailers that have, you know, thousands and thousands of products, and yeah. certain also, you know, with different industries comes different jargon as well. You know, and and mm. especially if you're working on internal stuff and more kind of enterprise sort of things, it's like every company has different ways of saying different things, different terminology yeah. for different things, and it's just being able to just kind of get something out there relatively quickly. And then learn from from that is uh, yeah. yeah, it's a lot better than being you know <laughs> spending days and days and days across thousands of different slots trying to think of different words for things. It's just yeah, this is one of the examples of where like you know everyone says about like AI you know replacing human jobs and stuff like that. But even within the kind of conversational AI community, I, I kind of want it to replace that yeah, because exactly. it's just a boring, yeah. laborious thing yeah. that you've got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all about AI making life better. If AI makes life worse, then yeah, we don't want it. But yeah. um, if it does away with the things that are boring, then then so be it. Another thing we announced uh, is called dynamic re-ranking. And I'd be interested in hearing how you would approach this from a conversational perspective if you weren't using a tool like this. So dynamic re-ranking will do a couple of things. First, it will look at your overall user behavior so your customer base or your user base and when they search for something they say they search for lego what are they clicking on right and then it will, it will change or what are they clicking on what are they buying what are they interacting with and then it will change the results based on that mm -hmm. so if you see that someone is or overall your customer base is searching for legos and uh, let's say from a voice context, uh, the first result is, okay, the first result is the Harry Potter's uh, kit or whatever. Uh, and they go, no, show me the next one. Okay, the next result is the Star Wars kit. Oh, tell me more about that one. Over time, what we're going to do is we're going to show Star Wars first when people are asking for Lego. Mm -hmm. We also work in seasonality as well. 
So apparently Lego has advent calendar now, uh, advent calendars now. So we are able to go, okay, well, Christmas is coming up and we know seasonality wise, this is something that's going to be interesting. Let's go ahead and, and push those up so that people are finding what they're looking for in November and December uh, based around the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So from a voice perspective, if you are building a skill, is that something that you would try to do? How would you go about doing it? Well, again, it's a manual job, isn't it? You know, it's just reviewing the analytics and seeing which content is being served to who. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that if you were doing some kind of, you know, if you're tracking with something like Dashbot or we've done kind of manual Google Analytics tracking in the past where mm-hmm. you can then visualize those kind of customer journeys and stuff, it becomes a little bit easier, but it's still a hell of a lot mm-hmm. of prodding and digging and investigating and prioritizing. And then you have to then go back and manually then do the actual updates to reprioritize yeah. the rankings you know so again whole load of manual efforts you know there's there's tools around i've used in the past online you know with websites that that will help do this you know we use things in the past that helped like you know if it comes towards christmas time as you say people start googling things around um christmas markets and and these kind of things and so you can give certain weight to certain things based mm-hmm. on seasonality but again to kick that off it requires manual input which is yeah, yeah. these selection of pages you know, up the weight for, for four weeks or six weeks or whatever. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, again, yeah, very manual process. Yeah, uh, the the final thing we launched is similar, but it's more on a individual basis. It's personalization. So we can track things like, um, and certainly the, the context generally is more around apps and, and websites since that's the, the vast majority. But if somebody interacts with a product, if they purchase it, if they look at the details, um, if they make a search on a certain category, we can go ahead and boost that up. So we have one customer, for example, where, and this is, shows why search is so important. They sell audiobooks, And they came to us because their agency actually had heard of us and what they were doing in the past was walking them through a flow. Um, and, and we've built this before, right? Cause this is, uh, this is sometimes the easiest way to go about it, or it seems like the easiest way to go about it. Okay. Do you want a horror book or a comedy book? Uh, okay. You want a horror. Okay. Uh, do you want something that is short, medium or long medium? Okay. Do you want something like Stephen King or, um, I don't know anyone else who writes horror books, right? Really um, scary or super scary. Exactly. Really (laughs) scary. And then you come into the end and you go, okay, here's your recommendation. Uh, instead people can now come and they can go, Hey, I'm looking for a horror book. And because they've interacted through the skill, what can happen is you go, okay, well you have asked for horror a lot and you've asked for really scary books, uh, audio books. So let's show, let's, preference really scary books and you've also purchased a lot of stephen king books so we will also preference that as well so that allows us to take that user information and uh, or you have a sports skill and you you ask for liverpool a lot we can show liverpool scores scores more often so that's something that we talk about a lot as being really important for building voice and conversational applications because you want to sort of have that conversation where you know something about each other just like i know you live in the uk you know i live in france and so that forms this context around our conversation how do you go about doing that today a whole load of variable setting and basically like building a some kind of state machine that recognizes what answers to which questions you've asked you've responded to and then stores those 
in a database for future reference based on returning right. users you know when someone returns quick have a quick check out what they what they came across last time and then do something about it you know but it's a yeah. this, this is this is an issue that that has existed and and you know I'm not kind of a developer as such but and I've come across a hell of a lot of content around this side of uh of things in terms of the challenges around personalization because yeah. keeping record of the context of the conversation over multiple turns and multiple sessions and multiple months is a very again manual laborious job yeah, yeah. right now but but how important is it it's it's so important isn't it well that's what it is isn't it conversations are yeah. personal you, you can't avoid that really if you started a conversation with me now and you, you you mentioned or referenced things that we've spoke about in the past and I just had no recollection and just continued yeah. on. Or if, if I know that you like going out walking and you like kind of like doing long walks and all that kind of stuff. Um, and when we get into a conversation about outdoor activities, I don't bring that up. It's kind of like, you know, it's like you, you inherently oh, yeah. as a human know about previous context and previous kind of like interactions that you've had. And that inevitably gets brought up up during the course of conversation and that's kind of you know I, mean, I had a conversation with someone about this the other day about the importance of this or not in terms of building relationships with your users you mm -hmm. know like because I, I use Alexa and stuff like that very much as like a task based thing like a, like a do stuff for me kind of thing and yeah, so I, yeah. I don't necessarily think that I'm building a personal sort of relationship or bond with the assistant I obviously am mm -hmm. and some use cases kind of require that um, but that's kind of that's where you get into the realms of being able to build long lasting relationships isn't it if yeah. you you remember the context you remember previous behavior you remember previous conversations you can tailor things to my preferences and even brian romley i think mentioned a while back about even tailoring interactions towards like personality types you know mm. so if, if if you know that i am a person a certain personality type and i like to know the detail of things then your responses might be longer and more detailed if you know that someone else is the kind of person who doesn't care about that and they don't want detail and just give them high level stuff and get on with it and so we're definitely getting into the realm i think where in within the community there is awareness about the importance of personalization i think that it's a case of the tools perhaps not quite being where they need to be to enable it yeah, and yeah. this is this is part of open the open that tool set uh, to enable that stuff to start happening. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, right? One of the uh, the defining things that will keep you coming back to a cafe or a restaurant or something or a diner is if you become a regular and they know your order. For most people, my, I think my wife is actually the opposite. I think once the Starbucks barista knew her order, she's like, okay, I got to go somewhere else. <laughs> I, I, this is a little too close to me. But in general, I think that's that's important. I've got a friend who works at the New York Times now. His name's Larry Buchanan, super talented guy. But uh, I remember he mentioned in college, he tried to do this series where he became a regular. So what he did was he recorded himself every day ordering the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anything ended up coming of that, but it shows you that, yeah, it's 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 really nice when that waitress, you sit down, she calls you hon. Um, she says, you know, you're having the usual. Um, that's really good because you've got that relationship. And it's even more important, I think, even more important when it's impersonal, right? It's like, it's really nice when it's personal. Mm. It's even more important when it's impersonal because I just want to get down to business, right? Mm. When I ask for for music, for whether it's from YouTube music, Spotify music, from whatever, I don't want to have to re-educate the service on my taste. Mm. I just want music that I just want right then. Mm. 
that's good that's a good way of putting it that another another way that that is interesting is the equivalent of so you've got the regular in the pub that goes there all the time and the people know them inside out but you've also got the people who just go there for an afternoon and how much of a different experience is it when you order two drinks and the next time you go to the bar the person behind the bar says sim again you know you've only ordered it once and they already know what you've had and they can just kind of get on with it and even that little thing about remembering what happened half an hour ago and and being able to adjust behavior and preempt things based on that is is some of the things that is um lacking and it's lacking probably because of the difficulty or the extra legwork that's needed to to put into it you know i think this, this kind of stuff often gets kind of deprioritized ahead of other things um, whereas actually getting to know someone, personalising how you kind of interact with them, is uh, is crucial. I think it's good to it's good to see stuff that's um, you know some tooling out there that makes it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, I mean that was really the goal is to to try and make it as easy as possible, and it was also important for us for everyone to be able to access it. So we're not logging this away, uh, requiring requiring you to spend ten thousand dollars a year to to access it. It's available, you know, up and down the line. But I think the most important thing is is certainly in this conversation the importance of knowing that. Um, these kind of things are important when you're building conversational experiences, personalizing the experience, uh, changing the experience based on what your user base is doing, making sure that you're speaking their language, all of that's super important. So whether you use a service like Algolia or, or not, and I, and I certainly hope you do, and you know, I'm, I'm here to help anyone who wants to check it out, but whether or not you do, I think it's incredibly important that you make sure that these kinds of things are built into your conversational experiences because you're going to differentiate yourself compared to someone who just uses the built-in tooling. You get the same experience every time. Nothing ever changes. Mm. They all sound very similar. I think you can, you can, there's a pattern, isn't there, with, with mm. uh, certain sort of conversational apps that don't use additional tooling to make the process more natural and more streamlined. Mm. And it's exactly what you described, which is, hi, welcome to this. Do you want to do this, this or this? I want to do that. Mm. Okay, well, do you want to do this bit, this bit or this bit? Well, I want to do that bit. Okay, now submenu. Do you want to do this little bit? Or right, that? Right. You know, there's, there's a pattern and a formula. And I think the thing with, with voice specifically, although conversational in general, is that the whole point and the value is being able to save people time. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the that's the that's the promise. You know, it's like don't spend time doing shit that you don't want to do, and think, <laughs> right. and just chop down your interactions as much as you can. You know, that's that's a philosophy that I have in all of my life. Basically, where's mm. the waste? What's not doing? What what's not contributing to what I'm trying to achieve? Get yeah. rid of it. Cut it out you know lean the whole situation and that's exactly what voice does and so you know i think that being able to have more natural conversations being able to speak and have the system kind of learn a little bit easier and and also at the same time as creators to not have to do quite as much manual lifting and there's all this thing about you know will conversation designers be replaced in future and you know what's going to happen and it's like to be honest like going coming from from an industry and on the digital transformation side where my role from morning noon and night was to find inefficiencies and create streamlined Mm. processes that turn around things faster identify waste get rid of it replace manual processes with automated processes to come from that into here 
And, you know, that's part of what we're trying to figure out and work through in terms of our workflow of doing this mm. stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that you just fall into. There's a hell of a lot of manual effort. There's a load of manual effort in it. And I think that a lot of the manual effort doesn't always go that far in terms of delivering value. You know, mm. the, the effort to value ratio is is kind of way off. And I think that there's definitely scope for conversation designers and, and developers to streamline even their own processes when they're when they're yeah. working on this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I'm excited. To, I mean, I've seen a little bit of it. I'm excited to see more of how this kind of unfolds and I'm looking forward to more tooling like it because I think anything that saves time and effort is a, a, a plus, especially if the experience at the end of it is better as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for. That's all. That's all you can really want. Nice. So, if someone wanted to put this into their situation, uh, put it on the website or have a look mm-hmm. at it, and you know, trial, put it in some chatbots or what have you. Like, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I think you just go to the website, go to algolia.com, uh, sign up for a trial and and test it out. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to happy to speak conversational as it relates to search. And I mean, obviously, we're happy to talk about conversation, uh, conversational all the time. But yeah, just go to algolia.com. It's incredibly simple to implement. Our goal is that within an afternoon, you can get this set up. Nice, wicked. Well, yeah, that's good. That I think we'll definitely be uh, diving under the hood of this a little bit more because I think that, the, as I said, the potential for this to uh, even save ourselves quite a lot of time um, and add value to the experience is, uh, yeah, it's definitely huge opportunities with that. So, yeah, nice one. That's really good. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, we'll stick them links where they usually are in the Perfect. in the show notes website <laughs> yeah. etc and uh, yeah it's been a good chat that it's been a it's it's been uh, we didn't really delve into gpt3 and all this kind of stuff that much did we in open ai and, and all that kind of stuff but uh, maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's one for another day i think so it's uh what they're doing is just it just blows my mind and and the people they have working there uh you know sometimes i'll I need to stop doing this, but sometimes I'll look up, look up their LinkedIn profiles and I'll be like, okay, these people are like super talented. There's <laughs> one person uh, I work with there who, um, she had recently changed roles. So I, I just looked up her LinkedIn, LinkedIn profile and she was like a world-class athlete. And like, um, I think she was like a world-class traveler. And I was just like, how, how do these people get to <laughs> get, get to where they are? How are they so talented? That's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. I'm loving everything they're doing, to be honest. Like, and uh, excited to see what Microsoft do with with their uh, natural language generation tool. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, excited to see how it how it unfolds with um, with Algolia. It's it's one of them things where you know a few people have had access to it and hearing a hell of a lot of really interesting stuff. But I think that like they're obviously got the brakes on it slightly they don't just want to kind of roll it out and have it totally open and have it lose control and yeah. get into the wrong hands and stuff like that do they yeah yeah i mean they they seem to be very specific um about what they want to do and what their goal is but i think they've always been very clear of what their ultimate goals are and it seems like they're continually releasing and announcing a new exciting things did you see the music generation that they did no so they did this thing where they were actually able to generate music. Uh, they like fed it in certain styles and things like that and, and could generate music itself. Wow. Yeah, I, have, I, have, just, I have seen 
I've seen AI generated music before. I wonder whether that might have come from that, to be honest. I'll come across some. Possibly, myself. possibly, yeah. Just yeah. everything they do just seems to just be just be amazing. And yeah. and yeah, I understand why some people look at it and go, Okay, well this is a parlor trick, but once you really get hands on to it, you go, Okay, it you know this technology may not be um you know, there's still, there's still room to grow. I think, yeah. um, you know, uh, actually, do you mind if we back up on that? Yeah. 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 Go for okay. Um, cause open AI has been very, very specific on what we can say and what we can't say. Um, so where, where should we back up to? Um, so I'd mentioned that they're not keen on kind of rolling it out totally widely in case it gets into the wrong hands or something like that. Oh Yeah. So I'll just pause the break so we can edit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I'm just going off, you, you know, what you see from them in the press, nothing, nothing internal or anything like that. But it seems like they're trying to be very cognizant of the fact that they've built something incredibly powerful. And if you think about things like um, uh, spam, Right. Mm, uh, or misinformation. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. If uh, as AI becomes more powerful, let's not talk about just open AI, but as AI becomes more powerful, there is a possibility that people use this for nefarious means, just like anything. Uh, people use radio for nefarious means. Right. Uh, mm. There was what was um, what was she called during World War Two? There were a couple of people, uh, Captain Hee Haw or something like that. I think this is a this British guy who went over to Germany and broadcast to the UK <laughs> to try to get British people to think that the war was going terribly. So right, so like wow. anytime there's technology, there's there's always going to be terrible people. Technology is always going to get better, and so terrible people and technology find each other. So as AI gets better, there's going to be people who use it for bad means, but OpenAI seems to be very responsible about not using their state-of-the-art or not allowing people to use their state-of-the-art technology for for things that aren't for the good of the world. Nice. That was a good, that's a nice place to end. Until, Perfect. Until next time, cheers. That was that was that was that was really that was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's fun. And uh, as we say at the end of every rundown, let's do another one soon. Yeah, we, we, we will have to. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Nice one. Right. Well, we'll speak very shortly. And uh, thank you for listening, boys and girls. And we will see you on the next one, which is going to be with who's it going to be with by the time this comes out? It's going to be David Clark and Tim Atkinson. So we'll oh, squeeze, that's... We'll squeeze, we'll squeeze one in in between. It's going to be a good one. That's going to be really good. RCS messaging, the future of conversational commerce. Maybe we can weave some of this discussion into that because I think that the NL... I'm, I'm noticing, now that I'm, I've got a lot more awareness of NLG, I'm, I'm noticing areas where I think it would help mm. uh, tremendously. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, especially I'll just a quick insight as we leave is that imagine taking that kind of semantic search in, in the TED mm -hmm realm and using that TED example but the result rather than it being like part of the transcript that has the answer uh, wrapping some NLG on top of that to formulate that response into a proper spoken language answer mm -hmm. it's just <laughs> it's crazy what the potential is for that um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave you with that boys and girls so until next time <laughs> see you later <laughs>